Greetings, church and ministry leaders, friends, and sisters and brothers in Christ. I want to thank you for listening to the Effective Church Leaders podcast with Becky and Carrie Holton. I'm Carrie, and today I'm without my better half. Oh, there's nothing wrong with her. She's not under the weather or anything like that. She's well. I just wanted to talk with you all about something I've been thinking about of late. As you know, we try to provide support to you church leaders by answering your questions in this podcast. But in this episode, (laughs) I want to ask for your help. I want to switch roles and ask for your help with a question that I have. And the question that I have been asking of late is this. Is there a substantive difference between submitting to a human being and accepting the authority of that human being? Is there a difference or Am I just saying the same thing? If one is submitting to another human being, is that person accepting the authority of that human being? Now, (laughs) let me explain why I'm asking this question. Many of you may know that we have an online Bible study community on Facebook. It's a joy. It's really a delight. In this online community, we read one to two verses a day, write down those verses word for word, paraphrase them, and then write a prayer for the day based on that text. We have found it to be a wonderful way to spend time with the Lord every day. Anyway, anyway, just now, we are reading through First Peter together, as many of you probably know. And in this podcast, I want to talk about something I found in First Peter chapter 2, verses 13 and 14. And here is what my new revised standard version says at that location. For the Lord's sake, accept the authority of every human institution, whether of the emperor as supreme or of governors as sent by him to punish those who do wrong and to praise those who do right. Now, what struck me as I read and considered this particular text were the words, accept the authority of, accept the authority of. Uh, That phrase is also found in my New Revised Standard Version, in 1 Peter 2.18, when Peter talks about slaves and how they should respond to their masters, even their harsh ones. It's also found in chapter 3 and verse 1, when Peter is talking to wives about how they are to treat their husbands, especially their unbelieving husbands. It's found in chapter 3 and verse 5, regarding the example of those holy women of old, including Sarah, those women of Old Testament fame. It's also found in 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 22, where Peter is talking about how the angels and the authorities and the powers are subject to Jesus Christ, who sits at the right hand of God. And that word is also found at 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 5, when Peter is encouraging the young men in the churches there to submit themselves to the authority of the elders. And actually the phrase there is again, accept the authority of the elders. Now, that phrase, first of all, found in 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 13, accept the authority of, it just did not sound right to me. It didn't sound like the way I had always read those passages. So, I checked other translations. I consulted a revised standard version. There, that word is translated, be subject to. 
Even the old King James Version renders the text, Submit yourselves to, or be subject to, chapter 2, verse 18, and be in subjection to, chapter 3, verse 1. The NRSV is rooted in the King James Version and the RSV. So, I asked, why did the New Revised Standard Version change the translation from, be subject to, to, accept the authority of? And here is what I found in other translations. The American Standard Version, which is more of a word-for-word translation, renders this word, be subject to. The New International Version, which is used by many today, it's a dynamic equivalent method of translation. It's more thought-for-thought. This translation renders the word as the American Standard Version does, only in the middle voice, submit yourselves to. And by the way, The New American Standard Bible renders this word the very same way. Submit yourselves to. So, that brought some questions to my mind. First of all, why the change from submit to to accept the authority of? And secondly, and more importantly to me, is there a difference between these two phrases? Is there a difference in meaning between accept the authority of and submit yourselves to? Now, if I haven't put you to sleep yet, I probably will with what I'm about to say. So open up those eye bulbs, get you a cup of coffee before you listen to what I'm about to say. I don't want you to go to sleep on me. You probably already know that the New Testament was originally written in the Greek language. Our English versions are only translations then of the original Greek language. Now, I'm no Greek scholar, And all of my Greek teachers in the past would attest to that fact. I'm no Greek scholar, but I've had a lot of Greek in my formal education, both at Oklahoma Christian and at the Harding Graduate School of Religion. I'm no Greek scholar, but I can work my way around a Greek New Testament and a Greek-English lexicon without hurting myself too badly. (laughs) So, the next step in my study of this particular passage in 1 Peter 2 And verse 13, the next step in my study was to go to my Greek New Testament and see what that original Greek word is, that word that is translated, accept the authority of, or submit to. Well, I did that. But before I tell you what I found, I'm reminded of the time Becky and I were teaching at York College. You may know that I taught in the Bible department, she taught in the psychology department, and she was a counselor there. I was really hired to teach practical ministry courses, although I I taught ethics and biblical studies courses as well. Anyway, I was reminded of the day Dr. Frank Wheeler, the chair of the Bible department, asked me if I thought preachers needed to know Greek. I suppose he was wondering if Greek should remain a part of the curriculum for Bible majors and wannabe ministers. At the time, taking a class of Greek in, in Greek was required, so He wanted to know if I thought those who were studying for full-time ministry should be required to take a Greek class. And at the time, I answered, yes, (laughs) they should be required to take Greek. I saw value in a study of New Testament Greek, and I still do. In fact, I believe that now more than I ever have. And by the way, Dr. Wheeler is retiring this year after 34 years of service to York College. He has served the Lord and the brotherhood so well in those 34 years, and your college is going to miss him. He's a premier teacher. 
I had Dr. Wheeler in my master's studies at Eastern New Mexico University, and he remains one of the very best teachers I've ever had. Anyway, Frank, Kathleen, God bless you both upon your retirement. Okay, back to what I found when I went to my Greek New Testament. All right, (laughs) stay with me. The Greek word that is translated accept the authority of in the New Revised Standard Version and submit yourselves to in the NIV and the New American Standard Bible. That Greek word is a form of the Greek word hupotasso. Can you say that with me? Hupotasso. (laughs) The English spelling of that word is H-U-P-O-T-A-S-S-O. Hupotasso. And a form of that word is found in 1 Peter 2.13, 1 Peter 2.18, 1 Peter 3, verses 1, 5, and 22, and at 1 Peter 5 and verse 5. So, so, this word hupotasso is found throughout 1 Peter chapters 2, 3, 5, Do you get the idea that submission or subjection is a principal theme in Peter's letter to those Christians in the dispersion? Could be. Hupotasso. So, what is the meaning of that Greek word, hupotasso? Well, next I consulted my third edition, Bowers Greek-English Lexicon. You're not asleep on me yet, are you? (laughs) And here is the meaning in that dictionary of the word hupotasso. It means to subject oneself to be subjected or subordinated to and to obey. The meaning of the word is to submit oneself to or to subject oneself to. And what I noticed and what, what I want you to notice here is that the word authority is not in that definition. It's not in that Greek English lexicon. So, Where am I? I'm back to my two questions. Why did the NRSV change the translation of those verses in 1 Peter to accept the authority of instead of submit to? And again, the second question, is there a difference, a real difference between the two? Again, if I submit myself to another human being, is it the same as my accepting the authority of that human being over me? I'm wondering if there's a difference. I can see the possibility of my voluntarily submitting myself to someone without acknowledging that person has authority over me. In fact, in the fine print of Bauer's lexicon, that Greek-English lexicon that I referred to earlier, we find this definition of another form of the noun form of the word hupotasso. And the scholars there write, that one definition is, quote, a voluntary yielding. A voluntary yielding. You say, okay, <laughs> Carrie, why are you bringing this up? What is the point of this whole discussion? Well, I'll tell you why I'm bringing it up. I have a feeling deep in my gut that we have borrowed our ideas of authority and power and leadership in the church from the world in which we live rather than from Jesus himself. When we speak of authority, those who are over us and and those who may be under us, 
those we must obey and those who must obey us. I'm wondering if we are following a worldly model instead of the model that Jesus intended for his children. And now I want us to go to Matthew chapter 20. I'm thinking of what Jesus said in Matthew 20. You remember in that chapter, James and John had come to Jesus, and what were they wanting? Lord, can we sit at your right and left hand when you come in your kingdom? What were they wanting? The chief positions of leadership and power and authority when he came in his kingdom. Let us sit at those left and right hands, those positions, those seats of authority. They wanted the chief positions of power in this new kingdom. But what was our Lord's reply? Well, give me just a second to go back to Matthew 20 because I'm still in 1 Peter chapter 2. Now I'm in Luke, going back here, Matthew 20. Thank you for your patience. (laughs) What was our Lord's reply in Matthew 20, beginning in verse 25? Jesus called to them and said, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their great ones are tyrants over them. It will not be so among you. But whoever wishes to be great among you must be your servant, and whoever wishes to be first among you must be your slave, just as the Son of Man came not to be served but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. Did you catch our Lord's reply in Matthew 20, verses 25 through 28? He said, the heathen people, the Gentiles, here's how they lead. Here's how they rule. Here's how they exercise authority over you. But verse 26, it will not be so among you. It will not be so among you. Now, bear with me. Let's let's go forward to Luke's version of this same passage. Luke chapter 22 is where we're going now. And I want to read verses 25 through 27. Well, let's just start with verse 24 of chapter 22. A dispute arose among them as to which of them was to be regarded as the greatest. But Jesus said to them, The kings of the Gentiles lord it over them, and those in authority over them are called benefactors. But not so with you. Rather, the greatest among you must become like the youngest and the leader, like one who serves. For who is greater, the one who is at the table or the one who serves? Is it not the one at the table? But I am among you as one who serves. And there's that phrase again, it will not be so among you. Now, what do these passages teach us? Don't they teach us that Christians don't do leadership? the way the world does. The rulers of the Gentiles or the heathen people, they lord it over other people. Now, what does it mean to lord it over someone? They dominate. They take the position of lord and master. They tell them what to do. They boss them. They have control over them. They exercise authority over them. Those in authority, Luke says, are called benefactors. That is, they say, look, What we have done for you, see what we've done for you. We've done all of this for your own good. We've given you peace and prosperity. We exercise authority over you for your own good. And what Jesus is saying in this passage is that's Roman Empire talk. 
It's the way of the world. Talk. Jesus says, It will not be so among you. Isn't he saying that we don't exercise authority over one another? We don't rule over one another. Not in the new society that Jesus created when he established his church. We relate to one another in a fundamentally different way. Christians relate to each other in a fundamentally different way. So, back to my question. Is there a substantive difference between accept the authority of someone and submit yourselves to someone? And what this means in practical terms in 1 Peter brings up these questions for me. Can a Christian submit to the governing authorities without accepting the authority of those governments? 1 Peter 2.13. Could a Christian slave in the first century submit to his or her master without accepting their master's authority over them? 1 Peter 2.18. Can a Christian wife Submit herself voluntarily. Can she yield voluntarily to her unbelieving husband without accepting his authority over her? 1 Peter 3, 1. Could the holy women of old have submitted to their husbands without accepting their authority over them? 1 Peter 3, 5. And by the way, let's bring in 1 Peter chapter 3 and verses, uh, well, let's see. Verse 22, I think that's right. Now I'm flipping back to 1 Peter in my Holy Bible. It comes after Hebrews, doesn't it? <laughs> Bear with me, folks. I, I should have typed this out earlier, I guess. I'm going to my Bible, chapter 3, verse 22, where, where we have Jesus who's gone into heaven and is at the right hand of God with angels, authorities, and powers subject to him. Now, the same word is found there, hupotasso, to submit to, to, to be subject to. Now, in this case, I think it's pretty clear, don't you? I think it's pretty clear in this case that the angels and the authorities and the powers are not only subject to Jesus, but he has authority over them, and they must accept his authority over them. I think that's obvious. But, hey, Jesus is not a human being in this case. He's God. Of course, we all accept the authority of God. And we all are to submit to his authority. So I'm not going to lump 1 Peter 3 and verse 22 in the same category as all these other passages in 1 Peter because in those passages, we're talking about submitting to human beings. Okay? I mean, it's one thing to submit to God and to accept his authority. Maybe it's another thing to voluntarily submit to human, to human beings without accepting their authority over us, okay? And then finally, chapter 5 and verse 5. Can we submit to our elders in the local church without accepting their authority over us? Does it make a difference that the New Testament teaches that we have been set free, free in Christ? For freedom, Christ has set us free, Galatians 5 verse 1. Jesus talks about this in John chapter 8, that we have been set free, that the truth has set us free. Does that make a difference in this conversation, or, or is, is just my American 
a feeling of freedom and independence leaking into my interpretation of the New Testament? Well, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I'm just asking some questions and uh, telling you what I've been thinking about as I'm studying through First Peter, and I'm asking for your help. If you can enlighten me on this, if you have some insights that will help me to answer the question, is there a substantive difference between submitting to someone and accepting that person's authority? If you can give me some insight on that question, I would really appreciate it. If you could shed some light on these questions for me, I would appreciate it. Feel free to send your comments to hello at effectivechurchleaders.com. And until next time, God bless you. 